Blog Talk Radio. Playing Sports City Chefs from Amazon Music. Uh, in a very short amount of time, 
Average is okay, 282.90, but the uh, power's not. Trey Turner looks like he's starting to snap out of it a little bit. Uh, so we'll see what field he ends up being in the end. Chandler caught it before the season ever started, so they're going to struggle a little bit. You guys know <clears throat> the Eagles, big expectations. They're expecting big things in Philly this year uh, for the Eagles. And, uh, you know, now Philly's got a new coach in, in basketball. So, uh they dodged a bullet, at least it's not Dan Tony. So, lots of things for, uh, you know, all you Philly fans, if you want uh, Philly clothing apparel or if you know somebody else that does, you know, holidays, birthdays, whatever else, phiapparel.co, chefs at checkout. They got some uh, <clears throat> custom designs and some unique looks. Make you stand out in the crowd. They got they do a really good job there at phiapparel.co, chefs at checkout. Check them out. Uh, <clears throat> now, Chandler Timeless and I, on the uh, Sunday morning brunch, Timeless came on, and what he said was, it's party in five. Everybody's going to party in five. And it turned out we both agreed, and we were right. Uh, Both these (coughs) series ended in five games, the NBA Finals and the Stanley Cup Finals. So I'm going to serve it to you and tell you whichever one of those series or teams that you would like to start with or comment on, uh, let's serve it up to you and you go first. If you are talking, you're on mute. Yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, we'll start with the NBA because there's been some unmitigated nonsense. In other words, bullshit, guano, feces, poo-poo, excrement, guano, whatever words you want to use for the stuff that comes up the butt of living beings about Nikola Jokic since the Nuggets won. I'll start with the game. Um, I expected the Nuggets to win. I didn't think it would be a sweep because I thought that Miami had enough in them to win one game. Um, and they won one game. So it wasn't a sweep. But they were outclassed. The better team won. The better team should have won. Me personally, I think – Murray uh, had a really strong case to win the uh, finals MVP. I think Aaron Gordon, honestly, had the strongest case to win the finals MVP. I know what Jokic averaged and all of that, but if Aaron Gordon is on the team, they're not even in the finals. So, but, you know, whatever. That's, that's like, you know, we, we could split hairs. I, I thought that um, the Nuggets did what the Nuggets had done all season was they showed you that they're not a one- or two-man team. Bruce Brown, KCP, Jeff Green, uh, Braun, MPJ showed up. So they have a really good squad. Um, I'm still not a huge fan of Michael Malone. I don't think he has a whole lot of tools in his toolbox when it comes to his team. If you notice, after every loss, he says basically the same thing. We were soft. We didn't try hard enough. We were soft. But whatever, it worked. You got a championship. Now let's get to the nonsense. Winning one championship doesn't make you an all-time great. Okay, how many championships you win? Don't make you an all-time great. George Gervin, no one would question is an all-time great. Is that right, Mike? Would anybody question that? No, Mike? not at all. He's definitely an all-time great. Okay. Name the great playoff performance that you know George Gervin had. I don't have – it'll take the next hour and a half before you think of one because you won't. Nope. Yet he's an all-time It's, it's like one of those – but I said, I'll wait. 
You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so winning a championship don't make you an all-time great. Nikola Jokic is not an all-time great. He's played eight years. He won one championship. If he breaks his leg tomorrow, never plays again. He's not an all-time great. He ain't even played 10 years. The man ain't played. Oh, but he won two MVPs. I don't give a damn. That don't make you an all-time great. 15 years from now, if Nikola Jokic never plays another game of basketball, 15 years from now, how many people remember he remember his name besides his family and Nuggets fans? Hell, they don't know his name no, now. Because, people say Joker. They think they're talking about the damn tennis player. Because at least Bill Walton would have been in the same boat. He just had the time at UCLA. You know what? And, and, and I, Exactly. But I don't consider Walton an all-time great. Honestly, I don't. I don't I think Walton was a great player. He might have had, he might have had all-time great ability, but his injuries cut him short. Exactly. He's not an all-time great because he never re- – he didn't play 10 full – now, he played, I think, maybe 12, 13 years, but he didn't play 10 full seasons because of injuries. He won one championship in Portland. He's immortal in Portland, right? Most people know Bill Walton as the crazy announcer. Half the people who listen to Bill Walton don't realize he played basketball at the highest of high levels. They think he's just some old hippie dude who smoked too much weed. Stop. Well, those things are true. Stop with the. He said those things are true. Well, I mean, they are true, but that's besides the point. Stop every time a guy wins a championship. Oh, he's got to be an all time great. All of you people who are saying that, first of all, know nothing about the sport you're talking about. That's the first thing. The second thing is you're a clown. The third thing is, I'll go back to point one. You don't know a damn thing about the history of basketball. Go ahead, Mike. Now, it's interesting because I think people get caught up in being prisoners of the moment, first and foremost. Uh, But, you know, a guy that I really respect as a basketball historian said that at this point he might consider him Joker in his top ten centers of all time. I'm sorry, what? Uh, yeah, I'm sorry, a, what? A guy that I, yeah, top ten centers of all time. Yeah, that person's not a basketball historian then. Um, now, I will say this. I will say this. If he plays, if he has a long career and he wins more, then you can maybe put him in that conversation. Um, but and I'm going to say point, no again. If, I'm, I'm going to say no again. See, all-time great means we remember you whether you won or not. It's not about <laughs> championships for being an all-time great. Championships don't mean a damn thing. They don't mean a damn thing. And I gave you George Gervin, Charles Barkley, mm-hmm. all-time great. What did he Carl win? Rose. Nothing. Okay, you you can, I, you know I'm not talking about that client. You know, I ain't talking about that that pos. So you want to put him in there? Fine. Um, okay, you know how I feel about him. We we not going down that damn rabbit hole. Right? Uh, I'm sorry. I wasn't trying to provoke you. My bad. My bad. Uh, <laughs> Mr. I sleep with thirteen year olds, but whatever. Uh, I, I to me, I I just think I, I agree with you as of right now. But what I will say is, I want to see. 
I want to see the rest of the story. I want to see what he turns out to be, what he puts up over the rest of his career. And and before I will before I will definitively jump aboard with you and say that he'll never be an all time great. I want to I want to read the rest of his story if I'm around long enough to see it. Right. Um, but I do agree with you on being prisoner of the moment, and I do agree with you that Denver was the better team and had more firepower. You know, we talked about this last week. Miami adjusted in game two. Denver adjusted back. <clears throat> they didn't have enough uh, – Miami didn't have enough firepower to beat those guys. The other thing that I will no, say – The other thing that I will say that um, surprised me is there's a lot of coaching experience and former head coaches and coaches' kids on that Denver staff. I didn't realize – the pedigree of that coaching staff in Denver uh, with Mike Malone. He's actually got a pretty good <clears throat> staff there. Um, so we'll see if they retain guys. Uh, Joker's still young. Murray's still very young. MPJ is very young. They Aaron Gordon's still fairly young. They, they have the pieces to be a serious contender again <clears throat> going into next year. Um, and you know they're definitely going to start the season as the favorites in the Western Conference. Uh, it'll be interesting no, to see what other teams do. <laughs> no, they won't. We'll see. Let, let's see what happens if we. No, I'm what telling you. I'm telling like. you now. Everybody's gonna be talking about Phoenix with KD and Booker. You know why? Because people know who the hell they are. <clears throat> I, I'll just be curious to see. <clears throat> we'll see once the season starts to come around who the betting favorites are uh, in Vegas because Vegas tells me more than the fans tell me. Now, what I will say is this. I made a little bit of a comment about this on Sunday morning. Denver was a, it was a team with a lot of pieces <clears throat> that worked together to win. You had Joker mm-hmm. as a second-round pick. You just gave him a big contract. Uh, Gordon was not a max deal. Jamal Murray was not a max deal. These guys <clears throat> signed Murray, uh, signed Jokic to a big contract. They also, you know, they did pony up for these for a couple guys. KCP is a free agent and some other guys, but they did not try to go this approach <clears throat> of three max contracts and then figure out what other clowns or whatever people you could put around them when you got like. G League dropouts and second round picks and uh, <laughs> over the hill veterans and and whatever else you're trying to do <clears throat> to complete a roster. Uh, the CBA rules have changed. You can't necessarily do it like they did in 11 through 14 in Miami and just try to load up with three stars unless you got a lot of draft picks and you really hit on everybody. But this idea of trying to put three stars on a team. And then fill around them however you can. I'm telling you, man, you need a team. You look at the team that came out of the Eastern Conference. Now, maybe if Tatum doesn't get hurt, it's a different story. Who knows? We'll never know. You could argue it either way. Uh, But you had Jimmy Butler, who was the alpha dog for that team. You had Bam, who played pretty well in that series, let's be honest. Um, And then you got a, a bunch of guys that they developed. You had two actual teams in the NBA Finals. Okay. So for well, so for Phoenix, 
for Phoenix to be in that conversation, if they're going to keep Aiton, Booker, and Durant, uh, <clears throat> I don't like their chances, bro. But, but that's the thing. It doesn't matter what the reality is. The narrative is going to be Phoenix and Kevin Durant. That's why they're going to – it's going to be Phoenix. It's going to be Boston. It's going to be Philly. Oh, they got Nick Nurse. You know, Nick Nurse won the championship, and we got Joel Embiid. And then it's going to be Denver. And, and here's the thing, right, because I'm not letting this go. I'm not letting this go because I mean, all of America has pissed me off. I'm not letting this go. Do you remember? Let me, let me give you a name, Jack Sigma. You remember him? Have you heard of him, first of all? Yes, I remember Jack Sigma. Okay. Jack Sigma was, was Nikola Jokic without the assist before Nikola Jokic. Google him. YouTube him. You couldn't stop Jack Sigma's shot. He led the Sonics to their only championship. How many people remember he played? Jack Sigma was a great center. He's a Hall of Famer. No one remembers and, and, oh, by the way, that Sonics team was very similar to this Nuggets team. The offense ran through Sigma. Okay? He, they basically came down, yes, with half-court set. They came down, threw it to him, and then he initiated the offense. Okay? He either took that, stoop, that stupid shot where he held the ball literally behind his head and released it at the very top. You couldn't stop it, similar to, to Kevin McHale's shot. And then you had Johnny Johnson. You had Dennis Johnson. You had Gus Johnson. Johnson and Johnson. You had downtown Freddie Brown, okay? Those boys was bombing from the outside, and they crashed the boards. Very similar to this Nuggets team. No one remembers them except actual basketball historians. And I use them as the example of the Nuggets. I use them as the example. They were a team. They won one championship. They won one. They went to the finals twice. They lost the walk to the Washington Bullets at the time. Another team. Kevin Greevy, Alvin Hayes, Bobby Dandridge, Wes Unseld. Another a great center, an all-time great center at six foot seven. Okay? People remember Wes Unseld. My point is this. Jokic won't be remembered by a lot of people. Because there's no flash. There's no flash. It's like everyone keeps saying that Dirk Nowitzki was the first great German player. No, he wasn't. Detlef Schrempf was. 16 could do it all. See, if you don't know your basketball history, stop telling me that this person is the greatest thing since sliced bread. When I've seen him before. I've seen him before. I've seen Nikola Jokic before. His name was Jack Sigma. So miss me with the nonsense here. Yes, the Nuggets are a great team. But this whole thing of, oh, you don't need stars, yeah, miss me with that. Miss me with that. Because if they had any point guard other than Chris Paul, the Suns and, and a better coach. Let's be clear, because Monty Williams screwed that up. Because he liked burying guys on the bench and not letting them play until he was forced to play them. Like, oh my God, that guy can actually play. Oh, and by the way, that's why Monty Williams got fired. 
because Monty Williams took things personal with his players and would chain them to benches instead of trying to, to talk to them and work with them and actually coach them. And now they got him in Detroit with a young team. That's going to end well. That's going to end well. But again, stop telling me somebody's a great thing to slice bread if you don't know a damn thing about basketball. Yeah, no, love it. Bring the spice for sure. The one thing that I will say about Monty Williams is he did help some of those young Phoenix guys develop uh, before they brought Name in one. Chris Paul. Name one. Uh, oh, Name one. You know, Book, Booker was under him. He, no, um, Chris Paul developed. Chris Paul developed Devin Booker, not Monty Williams. Give me another one. <laughs> I ain't gonna say eight. I ain't even going there. So, <laughs> but they were playing good basketball in the bubble before they got Chris Paul. When they got to the bubble, they actually played well, and that was what facilitated the Chris Paul move. Um, so we'll see. I mean, I, I will say this: if he gets his feelings involved, just like you're saying, it won't end well. And especially with young guys, if they don't say, you know, if they disagree with him or whatever, uh, he can really end up stunning some people's careers. So we'll see what happens with Monty Williams in, in Detroit. Um, <clears throat> so Denver wins in five games. Uh, this franchise has been around for 47 years, never had a championship. So we do have a first-time champion. And we do in hockey as well. And I'm not going to pretend to know a ton about hockey other than to say, you know, Chandler, you and I said it, the team that ends up with the best record in the regular season, oh, it's record-breaking. Uh, the Bruins got beat by Florida, who made it all the way to the Stanley Cup Finals. Uh, Vegas been to the Finals before, and now the uh, Vegas Golden Knights are raising Lord Stanley's Cup as Stanley Cup champions, and they got it done in five games as well. Do you have any comments yeah. on Las Vegas? Yeah, Matthew Kachuk should be should be cut from the team immediately. He went into this series, and he had been playing amazing hockey, amazing. Uh, Matthew Kachuk is a legacy. His father played. His brother plays. His brother plays now. He plays. Um, he is what they call an instigator. He's a, an agitator. But he's extremely skilled. This kid, this kid can play. And for whatever reason, when they got to Vegas, he decided that he was going to become this physical player. Here's the thing in hockey: when you're an agitator, you play a physical, you play a hard style. You play a heavy style. You don't play a physical style. There's a difference between being trying to be too physical and being heavy. Heavy means you finish your checks, which with your hits. You finish your checks. Um, you give a guy a little elbow, you give him a little whack, you try to get under his skin, you do things not to get not to get penalties, not to get your team shorthanded, but you do it to piss the other guys off. And when they're all focused on you, they're not focused on the other four guys on the ice. Okay? Kachuk decided he wanted to be a physical tough guy in the series. And it took his team completely out of the series. Because while everybody, they were running around trying to hit everybody, they were out of position, they were leaving their goalie hanging out, they hung their goalie out to dry, and Bobrovsky got, I mean, dude, they scored nine goals in the clinching game. Nine. Nine. Because in game four, 
That's crazy. He wanted to start a brawl at the end of the game and then wound up getting hurt and not even playing game five. So he literally cost his team a shot in this series. But listen, Vegas, um, they have a lot of great players. Jonathan Marshall Show, Mark Stone, uh, Jack Eichel, who I wanted the Rangers to trade for. Red told me I was crazy. How's that looking now? They have a really good team. They play a heavy game. They play a smart game. They can score from anywhere with anybody. Um, the better, t- again, the better team won. I thought Florida would give them a better series, honestly. But you know what? Congratulations to Vegas, an expansion team that won a championship in six years. Six years. Hold on. Someone's got my door. Go ahead and talk, Mike. So the Las Vegas Golden Knights, second time to the finals, win the cup in six years. Uh, we haven't seen a lot of uh, success like that from an expansion franchise. And I will tell you that in a lot of ways, Vegas has adopted that team even more than they have the Raiders because that's their that's their franchise. They didn't move there from anywhere else. Um, and so uh, they're excited about that team. And – you know, future should be bright for them, but we'll see what happens in in hockey free agency as well. <clears throat> so while we're waiting on Chandler, I want to address something that came out this week. We are also going to hit the College World Series, take a look around the diamond at Major League Baseball, hit a couple pieces of football news as well uh, before we're done here today. 929-477-2759 is the call number. Once again, that's 929-477-2759. You want to get in with the chefs, get you a bowl of some good spicy gumbo. Sorry uh, about Chandler, that, Mike. Sorry as, about that. You good? Chandler is always bringing yeah, spice. Yeah. So, so Chandler, I'm going to jump really quickly. This week, <clears throat> it came out. The SEC dropped their schedule for 24 when Texas and Oklahoma joined the league. I ain't going to spend a lot of time mm-hmm. on this. I'm not going through a bunch of people's opponents or anything else. But I want to say a couple of things. This conference realignment stuff, <clears throat> I think, is not good for college football. Um, you look, the Big Ten footprint is now going to go from Piscataway, New Jersey, to Los Angeles, California. Okay. So, the SEC, the SEC though, <clears throat> I lived in Oklahoma for three years. Okay, and when I lived in Oklahoma, all I heard those Boomer Sooner fans talk about was how much they hated the SEC and how they got so tired of hearing how the SEC was better. First of all, you didn't beat them in any championship games or any semifinal games, even a few years after that. So you got tired of hearing about them, but you got spanked. The only only championship that they've won in the last twenty some odd years was when they beat Florida State in an ugly game. It was thirteen to two. Uh, they lost to Florida. They got <clears throat> they lost to they got run off the field by LSU in the semifinals. The year LSU had Joe Burrow and Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase, and they got. Beat by Georgia. Now, that was a good game, but they got beat. So, everybody kept talking about how they didn't want to hear 
or they got tired of hearing about how the SEC was better. The Big 12 was just as good as the SEC, and so on and so forth. And what happens a few years later? Now you decide, wait, the kind of money they're getting with their networks and everything else, we want a piece of that pie. So let's go join the SEC. And the SEC, of course, because everybody's trying to expand, bigger is better, now we're going to take them on. So now they're joining the conference. And in 2024, they're still playing eight conference games, not nine. They're doing away with divisions. Fine. And they released opponents. How about how Mississippi State is not playing either Alabama school or LSU in 2024? I'm sorry, what? Those are the neighboring states. (laughs) LSU's not playing Mississippi State. LSU has played Mississippi State every year since 1943. You want to know why they didn't play in 1943? <laughs> because Mississippi State canceled their season due to World War II. So both teams didn't even, couldn't even, didn't even field a team that year. That's the only reason why they didn't play. LSU and Mississippi State have played 116 times. Not no more. LSU has played Mississippi State more than they have any other school in the SEC. And they're not playing them. Mississippi State's not playing Auburn or Alabama. Mississippi State is 75 miles from Tuscaloosa, Alabama. They're as close (laughs) to Tuscaloosa, Alabama as they are Oxford, Mississippi. Now, they're going to play Ole Miss. Fine, good. They should. But LSU's not playing Auburn. LSU's played Auburn every season since 1992 for the last 30-some-odd years. And in the time that Alabama has been down, there are people outside of the SEC footprint that said, I always look forward to seeing the Battle of the Tigers between LSU and Auburn every year because for many years – that game had serious relevance. There was a, a period of time where the winner of that LSU-Auburn game went to the SEC championship game. But no, they're not going to play. Now you're not going to. Okay, Auburn so... and Georgia, Auburn and Georgia is, the, is, the, is the South's oldest rivalry. Alabama-Tennessee, third Saturday in October, every year. Some of these games aren't going to happen now. Yes, but all the schools will get paid because that's what's important. See, Oklahoma is going to be like Missouri. Remember when Missouri was in the was it was the Big Twelve? Remember Missouri was a powerhouse, right? They were good. Everybody, oh man, Missouri, Missouri's the the ish, right? They've been a mm-hmm. doormat in the SEC, a doormat. If they win six games, that's considered a, a, a successful season. Texas, if Texas wins seven games, they're going to throw a ticket tape parade down whatever the hell the main street is in Dallas. I don't know the name of it because I don't give a damn about Texas. Okay, It'd be Austin, but not Dallas. Yeah, but whatever. Austin, Dallas, <laughs> it's all the same to me. All right, a bunch of cow towns. So you you got this money to go to a conference where you're going to be a – listen, 
Texas was struggling in the Big 12. <clears throat> and then let's you talk about real quick. Okay. Let's talk about real quick. Texas A&M and Texas both have real deep pockets. The reason why Texas A&M got out of the Big 12 <clears throat> was because when all the conferences were creating conference networks, Big Ten Network did it. Then SEC Network did it. Then Pac-12 Network did it. No, no, Texas. They had to have the Longhorn Network to try to take a bigger piece of that pie because everything's bigger in Texas. Or they think they're better than whatever else. So they had to try to get a bigger piece of the pie. Oh, they were too good to split the money in equal shares. So A&M leaves them, goes to the SEC, and once Texas and Oklahoma start realizing how much better off A&M is financially, but let's be honest, A&M's not been a powerhouse in football. They were supposed to be last year, but Jimbo's not a great yeah, okay. coach. Yeah, okay. They've beat, they, they beaten LSU twice in 12 years. Uh, and 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 one of those wins was over uh, – both of them might have been over at Ozeron. They beat LSU twice. And one of the games they beat them, they had to go like 78 overtimes uh, before they finally <laughs> yeah, won. Yeah, that was, that, was, now that was a good game, though. That was a really good game. <laughs> that, it, it was a good game. And, and they beat them one other time. They beat, they beat, LSU, they beat them in 2020, which uh, COVID year LSU went 5-5. Five and five. Okay, so in 12 yeah. years, in 12 years, A&M manages to beat LSU twice, okay? But everybody wants to talk about oil money and all the money they got in Texas. So now Texas and Oklahoma want to come in and want to come join the party after they couldn't couldn't talk. You couldn't get anywhere I went in Oklahoma. All I heard them was was trash in the SEC. They think they're better than us and all this and this and that. Now you want to join them. Well, Good luck, because you're going into a league that's, that's different. Y'all been playing – y'all been getting to play at TCU and Kansas State and Kansas and Colorado before they left for the Pac-12. Uh, y'all been mm-hmm. getting to play uh, Missouri. Uh, y'all been getting to play Baylor. And, and once again, Baylor. Uh, y'all been getting to play Texas Tech. And uh, I'm not saying that some of these schools don't occasionally have good teams. But that's not Auburn, Alabama, Georgia, Tennessee, Florida, LSU. Um, no, but, but here's, and, here's the thing, Mike. Here's the thing. If they had been farsighted enough to read the tea leaves about how things were going to go, especially when Ed O'Bannon started suing the NCAA, right, he was mm-hmm. going to win that case, which paved the way for NIL. Had they just stayed there, because here's the thing, everyone is equal now. Like, there were kids who said, well, the only way I could really, you know, be on national TV, babada, 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 and try to, you know, try to make some money, is go to SEC. I don't have to go to the SEC now. I can be on TV and make money by going to school I really want to go to. So, yes, Alabama has Alabama, um, say, Alabama, LSU, Georgia, will always have a slight recruiting edge 
because of the history of those schools. But that field is no longer as tilted as it was, man. No, no longer as tilted not. as it was. So now your Oklahoma and Texas stayed in the Big 12 with all that damn money. You could have been running things in the Big 12, running things and constantly in the, the what is it now? What do they call it now? The, the whatever the hell they call the championship. I was about to say BCS and not BCS anymore. You know what I mean. Um, I, the the, I the name college, of it just I lost me. I think it's the college football The championship. Playoff. Yeah, thank you. The college football playoff. Thank you. Um, you wouldn't have won anything, but your fans would have been satisfied that you got there, right? Your boosters would have been satisfied that you got there, so they would keep putting that money in that NIL pool to get you some really good players. And who knows? One of those years, you might look up and beat somebody, right? I mean, hell, TCU made it to the championship. They will, they may never go again, but they got there one damn time. That's going to last them 10 years, bro. That's 10 years worth of recruiting. Since 2000, 10 years, Oklahoma the next 10 years, had... they can live off of that. Since and 2000... all you had to do was not be stupid. Since 2000, Oklahoma has won title. They beat Florida State. They lost to Florida in the championship game, and they lost in the semifinals a couple times. They kept getting there, and get they got boat raced by LSU, and once they got boat raced by Alabama. Okay? Texas has been there twice. They won with Vince Young against USC in what was a phenomenal college football game. They made mm-hmm. it one other time. The starting quarterback went down. And they lost to Alabama, and that was Nick Saban's first championship at Alabama. Texas mm-hmm. hasn't been back. Texas hasn't been back since 2009. 14 years. And to be quite honest with you, they haven't been close. Their biggest claim to fame in the last 14 years is last year they came down to the wire and almost beat Alabama. But this ain't hand grenades or horseshoes. And they beat Oklahoma last year in the Red River rivalry by the biggest margin ever in that series, 49 to nothing. Oh, yeah. And Britt Venables, great defensive coordinator from Clemson. Your seat's going to get real hot this year. If you don't win, you may not be going into the SEC the first season there. And if you do probably going to get real hot again in a hurry because it, it's going to be some tough sledding in that conference. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be same thing for USC. It's going to be same thing for USC going to the Big Ten. Listen, we've seen the Pac-10, Pac-12, Pac-14, whichever pack you want to use, Super Pac, APAC, CPAC, you know, we've seen them in the college football playoff. They get smoke checked. Because the other teams are more physical. The other teams are used to playing in harsh weather, so by the time they get to college, they, they're, they're, they're toughened up. You know what I'm saying? They're battle hard. USC, oh, wait, Oklahoma made it. Year. Oh, wait, Oklahoma made it one other time, and they got boat raised well, Hurts. by Jalen the Hurts. Pac-12. They, no, no, no. Now, Jalen Hurts, that's when LSU beat them. But they went one other time okay. the one year Reggie Bush and them won, and they boat raced them. They got to be back. So, right. 
But you but you're right. It's it's not as physical. And here's the funny thing. Speaking of the Big Ten, real quick, you had some traditional athletic directors. The Big Ten, and you guys know that I'm a, an avid college wrestling fan. I wrestled growing up. I mean, we did a show covering the NCAA National Wrestling Tournament. And I said going into that tournament, uh, the Big Ten's the premier conference in the in the country. Uh, that's serious. Uh, serious is calling in. Let's bring him in. Um, but every one of uh, every one of the Pac Ten, uh, every one of the Big Ten teams wrestle and wrestle well. And until they got this new athletic director, I'm sorry, new conference commissioner, the previous commissioners. And people said, we're not going to bring in a team that doesn't participate in all of our sports. That's why they picked up Nebraska when they did several years ago. Uh, but now, you you brought in the two extra teams. They don't have any wrestling programs either. Sirius, what's up, man? How you doing this evening? Thank you for calling in. What you got? What you, what's on your mind? What's going on, fellas? I want to pop in and, you know, spread some love and positivity and talk some sports with you guys, man. I, I ain't got nothing to talk about, man. I just want to kick it with my homies. All right, we appreciate that. We, real quick, I, I I went on a rant for a minute about the the SEC schedule and how illogical it is that Mississippi State is not playing LSU, Alabama, Alabama or Auburn in 2024 because of this new 16 team realignment and these new teams coming in. Um, LSU has played Mississippi State more times than any other team in the history of that conference. And they're not playing because of this new realignment. We're getting we're getting too big. I understand why some of these teams are doing it, but I'm not sure that it's good for college sports. Yo, so honestly, at the end of the day, for me, it boils up to a couple of things. You know, money, money, money. And that's what it all boils down to for me. I, I, I honestly agree with you. Um, it doesn't make logical sense. For example, I'm a Big Ten guy, um, and we got USC coming into the fold. We got some other, you know, Pac-12, you know, Pac-10 former schools and all this type of stuff trying to come into the fold. And honestly, it doesn't make sense for me. Um, for, 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 for forget realignment, just in travel and logistics alone, um, so again, it doesn't make sense, but money makes people do funny stuff. And this is one of those times where I think money makes people do some funny stuff. Hmm. Hey, serious. Don't forget. We care about the students passing their classes. They're going to be missing so many, um, traveling all the time, but we care about them students passing right. their classes. All right. 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 I, I understand. Sir. Thanks for pointing that out. Thanks for pointing that out. So you, yeah. So you USC is going to play UCLA, uh, but not Cal or Stanford, but they're going to go play Michigan or Ohio State. Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait. Um, and I think the sports that are really going to end up suffering, though, you guys, are going to be the secondary sports because these football. Yes. They, now we charter playing, and we can leave Friday after classes. We can go play on Saturday, and we can get back. But what you gonna do when you got a basketball team or a women's basketball team 
or baseball team or track teams, and you're telling people in New Jersey, oh, we got to go all the way out to L.A. for one or two games. Or, or you're taking an East Coast swing and going to go play, what, Ohio State on a Thursday and, and Michigan on a Saturday and then try to come home? Well, why are you doing that? Your mom's going to hit Nebraska and Colorado. Uh, well, no, no, Colorado's not in there anymore. Colorado's still in the Pac-12. So, might as well hit Nebraska on your way back. I, man, it, it, just, uh, it, it just doesn't make a lot. Anytime you have a conference, I mean, anytime you have a conference footprint that ranges from Southern California to New Jersey, because, first of all, Rutgers in the Big Ten doesn't make a lot of sense in the first place. God, no, Maryland. Neither does Maryland. Maryland belongs in the ACC, where they were for years. Uh, but I, I, I digress. Uh, real quick, I want to go. I want to go ahead and hit the matchups really fast for the College World Series, and then we'll jump around. There's a couple of football notes uh, that Sirius well, hit on listen, the other after, day. After you do college, after you do after you do the College World Series, I gotta hear Sirius talk about. I, I, I need his input. On my Nikola Jokic take, but go ahead. Uh, okay, we will do that. College World Series uh, is getting started in Omaha on Friday. The bottom half of the bracket plays, and as I told you guys before, you basically have two four-team tournaments, and the winners of each of those two brackets play a best two out of three for the national championship. <clears throat> so this year, unlike many of them. Five of the eight national seeds actually advanced. So number two seed Florida plays number seven seed Virginia. Uh, the n- number three seed is not there. Arkansas got knocked out. So TCU is actually playing Oral Roberts in the other half of that bracket. And then the top half of the bracket has number one seed Wake Forest against number eight seed Stanford. And guys, if y'all didn't see this the other night, it was kind of tragic. Because Texas probably at least should have won that game, or it should have been. It, it, it was sad that it came down to this. The guy lost the ball in the lights, and it fell in, and the run scored, and they won the game. Uh, so sad way for Texas the season to end, but uh, I, I have no sympathy. Uh, so Stanford is playing Wake Forest, and then on the other side of the bracket, the team with probably two of the top three players that are going to be taken in this summer's MLB baseball draft. LSU, the number five seed, is playing against Tennessee. And Tennessee's got three or four guys uh, on that pitching staff that can hit 100. So LSU and Tennessee, Wake Forest and Stanford on the top half. Uh, Those games are happening Friday and Saturday. Um, Mike, winners and you, losers. Uh, w- winners and losers of the uh, Friday games meet Sunday. Winners and losers of the Saturday games meet Monday, and then we march on. So uh, those are the matchups for the College World Series. It'll be on between ESPN and ESPN two for those of you that want to watch. Uh, but uh, baseball played at a very high level. There's some pretty good athletes. LSU's got a guy who's a pitcher pitcher of the year. And LSU has two of the three guys who were finalists for the Golden Spikes Award, and that will be given out 
before game two of the finals, uh, I think on June 25th. So that's college baseball's version of the Heisman Trophy. Uh, she's pitcher Paul Schemes is the Air Force transfer, and then they got an outfielder named Dylan Cruz, who is one of the best in the country. He's only hitting about 435 uh, this season with an on-base percentage over 550. So uh, that'll be fun to see, and that's what's going on in college uh, uh, baseball. So, Chandler, I'm going to have you uh, come back and give uh, series a brief version of your take on Nikola Jokic and uh, – Serious, I'd like to hear your your response to his uh, to, to to Chandler's take. You know, he always brings the spice, which is why we call this roundtable gumbo. So, serious since since the Nuggets won the championship, suddenly everyone wants to tell me that Nikola Jokic is an all time great, which I call bullshit on, because at the end of the day, number one, I've seen Nikola Jokic before. His name was Jack Sigma or Dan Issel. Take your pick. A center who initiated the offense. A guy who was a double-double machine. A guy who had a shot that was difficult to stop. Um, you might not be old enough. I'm really old. I remember Jack Sigma. I remember his shot started behind his neck. It was unblockable. The only people who still remember Jack Sigma won a championship or me and his family, and Seattle Supersonics fans who are still alive. Ain't that many. Winning a championship don't make you an all-time great. I use as an example George Gervin. Name George Gervin's great playoff performance. You can't. But he's an all-time great. Charles Barkley, all-time great. Winning a championship don't make you an all-time great. But... That's just my my point of view. Serious, what do you think? <laughs> hey, yo, Chandler, I love you so much for this. So I'm going to keep it a buck with you, my man. Me and Dylan had a conversation offline about this very thing. In fact, if you hop on to com, Dylan actually penned an article about this very thing. My position on this is very, very clear. He's good. But we are creatures of the moment. We want to sit there and put people in, you know, quote-unquote great status and put them in Hall of Fames and put him on Mount Rushmore's and all this other type of stuff before his career even gets going or is finished. Don't get it twisted. He's the best center in today's game. In today's game. But ain't, ain't no way in hell I'm going to put this man in the all-time great. I can name 20 players that I will pick right now before Nikola Jokic. At least 20. You know what I'm saying? So with all due respect to him winning the championship, with all due respect to what the Denver Nuggets were able to accomplish this year, there is no way on God's green earth that if you know basketball, if you follow basketball, if you watch that enough, that you can realistically put Nikola Jokic in the category of all-time great. He's good. He's, he, he's a 2023 superstar. You know what I'm saying? But, hell, this dude is so great and so, quote-unquote, good that he was picked last for a pick-em-up basketball game. Mm. And, this, and again, 
Mike, I'm not the only one. Let, Mike, you muted. Uh, yeah, no, let's be honest. Um, I think that some of this, too, is Jokic. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> I think that even though he's European, I think media and other people want to want to hype a guy up uh, because he looks more like them than a lot of people in this game. Well, uh, hold on, hold on, hold on, I, hold on. See, I take issue with that. Nikola Jokic, in this version of the NBA, is one of the best. Is one of the five best players in the league. In this version of the NBA, he is I don't deny skilled. that. I don't give a damn. I don't, I don't give a damn. He's white, blue, black, green. Now, the reason everybody didn't want to didn't want him to get a third MVP was because he's white. Let's be real clear. Okay, all of these all these talking heads who kept talking, well, but I don't like the way it looked. What you were saying was, but well, he ain't jumping through the he ain't jumping out the gym like the brothers. He ain't going behind his back, and when he flush, when he on somebody, he not like ah. Okay, let's be honest here. And let me ask you a question real quick, City. Taylor. Go ahead. Let me ask you a question real quick to, to double click on that. Do you honestly believe that the reason why Joker didn't win MVP this year was because he didn't want the third, or was because they they wanted to give Joel Embiid one because? He was close in proximity, or he was close, and he was doing. He won one or up two years in a row. Because if you look at the statistics, Joker probably should have won MVP this year too. Exactly, but they didn't no, want to no. give it to him. <laughs> they didn't want to give it to him. They didn't want to give it to him because if you if you listen to the to the to the to the double talk that came from most of the uh, basketball pundits, most of whom look like me and you, serious. They kept talking about, yeah, but it's the way it looks. It's the way it looks. It's the way it looks. He don't look like us. So they we can't give him, him a third MVP. They were calling him the great you know white hope and all this kind of stuff. Exactly. And that was nonsense. The well, bottom line was he's the best going. Well, I mean, uh, here's the thing. I, 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 I don't disagree with that, Chandler, but... My, my my retort to that is that if you look at Jamal Embiid's game, he's not a back you down, put you on the block, you know, bang on your forehead type of dude. He's just he's just kind of on jumpers. He's a poor man version of Jokic. Right, but when well, he don't, <laughs> right, when he don't throw people, what did he do? When he don't throw people, because he can, yeah, he I can mean, put them on the floor. Because he can. It was, yeah. It was. It was. It was. It was almost because when somebody, because I forget which one of those clowns on TV said it, it might have been that idiot Perkins 
They only want to give it to him because he's white. Dude, they want to give it to him because he's the best. Stop it. But And it's also the backlash to him being European. Because, seriously, you'll remember this, Mike. I don't know if you was on Sports City then. Seriously, you remember we had that conversation years ago about David Stern and turning the NBA into FIBA? You remember that? And I said, yeah, yeah, watch yeah, yeah, and yeah. see. Yeah. What is the NBA now? It's FIBA. It's FIBA. It's literally FIBA. The only thing that I said in response, because I agree with Chandler about him not being an all-time great, the only thing that I said in response that differs slightly is I want to see what the what the ending is, what his career looks like but before he's done, what kind of stats we're talking about and, and what he does in this game before I will officially say that I can that I can't call that I can't call him one of the greats. But I do agree, like listen, uh Akeem Olajuwon, Shaquille O'Neal, uh, Kareem Abdul Jabbar, they would have eaten him for lunch. But all of them have a have a have a a historical move. We got the dream shape, right? With Shaq. You got Shaq Young Shaq running the floor, thumping on people. You got Big Shaq backing you down, and 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 got he got he got his nuts in in, in Jack Haley's face, right? Think about it. What does Jokic have? Tell me, tell me the move that Jokic has that you're never gonna forget. He doesn't. He's just a fundamentally exactly, exactly. AI, you got him stepping over Tyron Lue. Charles Barkley, 300 pounds, 300 pounds plus, running the floor, thumping on people at 6'4". What makes you an all-time great is not your game. George Gervin, all I do is finger roll. But at least Tim Duncan, who was a strong fundamental guy, who was really basic fundamentals, the one thing Tim Duncan brought back was Tim Duncan had that bank shot. The big fundamental. Was Tim Duncan yeah. the big fundamental? As boring as Tim Duncan was, he was the big fundamental. Right? Yeah. What does Jokic have, man? <laughs> I'm going to keep going back to the same thing. It is not to, it is not to denigrate his game. It's to say that being an all-time great, honestly, don't have a damn thing to do with stats or championships. It has to do with your impact on the game in a way that people will never forget it. People still, listen, it's kids who, who couldn't spell Maravich know who Pistol Pete is, man. They know who Pistol Pete is. I'm just saying. <laughs> hey, I want to switch gears real quick. We talked about this briefly last week. I don't think it'll be signed, but it did come out today that DeAndre Hopkins does have a contract offer from the Tennessee Titans. So my question for, my you. question from the two of you is does this have legs or is this merely a bargaining chip for other franchises? What do you think? I'll start with you soon. No, he's gonna he's gonna be stupid and sign with the Patriots and then when it doesn't work out because Bill O'Brien is a liar and he proved you he was a liar, I'm not gonna feel sorry for you, DeAndre Hopkins. You shouldn't even be taking a meeting 
with the New England Patriots because Bill O'Brien already showed you who he was. This Seriously, is why I don't thought, like football players. This is why I call, call football players cowards. Seriously, what are you talking about, DeAndre Hopkins? No, no. At the end of the day, I think that, you know, DeAndre Hopkins, I think it's smoke and mirrors. Like, he has an offer on the table. The, 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 the offer that I saw was not disclosed. All it says is that he has an offer for the Tennessee Titans. The Tennessee Titans, um, I think it's going to be used as bargaining. Shit. Like, I, I think it was you, Harvey, that said that he's going to get a deal with somebody and use that as leverage to get to where he ultimately wants or to expedite the, 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 the hiring process. Um, I honestly believe Chandler, I, I, I think he finds his way to New England, which is stupid on so many levels, like, but that's where he's going to find himself, too. So, at the end of the day, that's that, that's where he's going to go. His career is going to be officially over and done with, and he's going to be one of these receivers that could have been. Like, you're a free agent. You can sign anywhere in the, in, 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 in the NFL, and you choose to sign with an organization that routinely does not prioritize offensive weapons. Routinely, why in the hell would you sign with the Tennessee Titans? Why? Why would you even entertain that option? Why would you entertain an option to sign with the with the uh, flipping uh, New England Patriots? Why? Why would you even entertain that? It was reported earlier this summer, before actually right after um, right after the NFL draft, that he had initially taken an offer or was going to potentially sign with the Baltimore Ravens. And as a Steelers fan, I was like, oh, shit. Really? Okay. That helped materialize. If you want to go anywhere, get your behind up here to Baltimore, team up with Lamar Jackson, and try to do something. At least, at least in Baltimore, you have a legitimate shot at postseason success. There is no way on God's green earth. Here's the thing. You know DeAndre Hopkins has never been out of the first round of the playoffs? Ever? In all these years in Houston, never got out of the first round. All these mm. years in Arizona, never got out of the first round. So you want to mm. sign with a team, potentially, that will not get you out of the first round or get you into the playoffs. Do you think the Tennessee Titans are a playoff team this year? Nope. Do you think the New England Patriots are a playoff team this year? Nope. So at, the, at, at this point in your career, why in the world would you entertain an offer that's not going to get you to where you ultimately want to go, and that's a shot at a championship? It doesn't make sense. The math is a math. The math is a math, though. Unless, at the end of the day, one of these teams offers way more money and you just decide, you know what? I'm just going to get my bag. I don't really care about winning. But if you Mm -hmm. take one of those bags from either Tennessee or New England or another also-ran team, then – you're basically telling me that winning is not important to you, even though you've gotten big contracts previously. Uh, Sirius, uh, I was the guy that said that, that this contract would be a bargaining chip for him. You pointed this out at the end of our show last week. The Carolina Panthers have gone ahead and made the decision to name Bryce Young as their number one quarterback. Uh, so I'll, smart I'll move. start with this one. I, I, yeah, I agree. I think this is a smart move. I think you don't have anybody else in that building that is really better than him right now. 
you might as well start with him now. Uh, all the reports say that they were impressed with his IQ. Um, he can make the throws. This is a wide-open division, and there's some talent on that Carolina team. Now, we'll see what happens uh, after they trade away McCaffrey and D.J. Moore, but you got Miles Sanders and Schubert Hubbard in the back uh, in the back, backfield. <laughs> you got Terrace Marshall. You got some pieces on that defense. You know, I, I think the Saints are the favorite, but this is a division that any of those four teams could possibly win. <laughs> And even if you don't win it this year, you lay the groundwork for future seasons and you go ahead and find out what this guy has. And go ahead and let him start taking all the reps, getting in the playbooks, and doing all the things that you want him to do. I agree with you. I agree with you. Um, yeah, I mean, you know I, 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 I'm going to double down on that. I'm going to double down on that. I, I, I think, like Chandler alluded to, it, it's a very, very good move. Um, I think that when all is said and done, you drafted this guy, um, you know, with the second overall pick or first overall pick, I forget which one it was, um, and you have every intention on him being the, the cornerstone, you know, quarterback of your franchise. I like what the Carolina Panthers are doing. Um, on the same token, I like what the Houston Texans are doing with their rookie quarterback. You know, roll them out there. Take your lunch. Um, here's the thing for both for both gentlemen. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm going to talk about both at the same time. They are both in situations where the division is not that hard to win. They are both in the, in the same situation. So I think honestly, a sub 500 squad is going to win each division, um, or could potentially win each division. And so if you're Bryce Young. Yo, do what you got to do, man. Like, I, I, I'm with it. I, I'm with it. If you see, if you see Jay Stroud, do what you got to do, man. I'm, I'm, I'm with it. You know, um, Anthony Richardson, an, a, a, another rookie quarterback who's probably going to start day one, who's in a, who's in a division that is up for grabs right now. Do what you got to do, man. Go win the damn thing. Like, at the end of the day, I, I think these quarterbacks coming out this year, especially the, those top three, are in situations where you take your lumps. By midway into the season, you should be, you know, kind of hitting your stride, figuring stuff out, understanding that, you know, defense come at you fast, you can't stare down receivers and whatnot, and you you, you figure it out. But I, I think Bryce Young getting the, the QB one night is, is, is a good move for him. And yeah, I'm not saying thing. that he is the thing, serious. Go ahead, Mike. No, you first, Chandler. Go ahead, Mike. I think. Um, both of the teams, C.J. Stroud, uh, Bryce Young, people forget how well their defenses played last year with terrible quarterbacking. Houston, Texas defense played amazing last year with the collection of bums they had under center. Um, so if you look at both of the teams and their defenses, their court, neither one of these guys have to be world beaters. All they have to do is what they did in college, not throw interceptions. What's the one thing Stroud and and Bryce Young did in college? They didn't throw interceptions. They took what the defense gave them. If they do that, both of those teams go 10 and 7. Both of them. 
Because the defenses were – everybody keeps talking about the Jets' defense, right? You want to keep telling me, oh, the Jets had decent quarterback play. Jets won seven games. If they had decent quarterback play. Well, hell. Look who plays – if they had if they had half the quarterback play the Jets had, they'd have won that damn division. The Texans almost won their division. Panthers almost won their division. With bums. They, they had me playing. I can't turn my head all the way around. All they have to do is do what they did in college, not throw interceptions. It's smart. It's smart on every level. Um, I, listen, Bryce Young, they're knocking on him as well. We don't know if he's big enough. Why not find out right away? Why not find out right away? So, That's my I, I like the move. I like the move. I do too, and, I, and I'm not saying. Listen, I'm not saying either one of these guys is this guy. And some people would say overrated when it comes to him. You know, Peyton Manning took his lumps as a rookie. He threw more interceptions his rookie year than he ever threw in football. Because now, in all fairness, passing games and concepts in college are more advanced now than they were in 1997, 96. So. Uh, these guys are probably better prepared than Peyton was when he first went into the league. Uh, but he learned a lot. And so to me, uh, yes, figure out what you got. They're going to take some lumps. And then to me, the the real results are going to come, let's see what they do in their second year. Like, uh, Joe Burrow was decent first year. Got her halfway through it. Came back, had a really nice second season. So, to me, the answer the is going to come in year two. Uh, but let's see what they do, you know, in their rookie year and see at least what you have, what you got to work on, and then start to develop that chemistry and then see if you can uh, – some of the, the most improvement happens between your first and second year in the league. So, uh, let's see what happens. But you drafted these guys, all three of them, to be franchise quarterbacks. And it would be different if you had an established starter who was a year or two away from being uh, ready to retire. It would be different if you had a consummate professional and a guy that could help you win. Pat Mahomes sat behind Alex Smith for a year. Uh, Steve Young sat behind Joe Montana for a little while. Uh, Joe Burrow was supposed to sit behind the blank shooting red rifle, but that didn't happen. Um, so it, it's a different time now. Are, is there a situation where maybe a future franchise quarterback could sit for a year and learn? Yes. But ne- none of these three teams and none of these three situations warrant that to put these kids on the field and see what they can do. Well, I think Richardson 929-477-2759. Chandler, you got anything else you want to serve up tonight? Yeah, I think Richardson should sit first year um, because I don't think he knows how to read a full field yet. Um, I love the fact that he is – this dude is capable of being the face of your franchise. 
Um, I don't know if you guys saw the thing from his last interview where he's like, he did this Marshawn Lynch thing. I'm just here so I don't get fined, all of that. This kid is ready for the stage. I don't know if his play is ready for the stage based on what I saw at Florida. So, to me, the one guy who shouldn't start right away is Anthony Richardson. Now, if he shows you in training camp that he can read a full field, start him. If he's still a half-field guy, I say give him six games and then bring him in. I, I just don't That's know what the alternative is. Huh? Who else do they have there? Gardner, did they bring Gardner Minshew in there? Gardner Minshew is is serviceable for six games. Right? It, did he go? Did, he, did 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 the Colts sign him? I think they did. I know he's on one of these teams. I think it's I think it's the Colts. Um, if the Colts signed Minshew, Colts signed Minshew, then I would agree with you. If you were going to have one of these guys sit and learn a little bit, unless he could really impress in training camp, if you were going to have one of these guys sit and learn a little bit. It would be him, but uh, Carolina doesn't have anything. Uh, Houston doesn't have anything. Uh, we know what Davis Mills is now, right? Um, so, mm-hmm. yep. These go- these guys don't have anything uh, to me to warrant sitting these guys down. You guys, yeah, Minshew have is in Indianapolis. Minshew is in okay. Indianapolis. Yeah. So that that is the one and. You know, he's been around for a while. He's a consummate professional, kind of a journeyman quarterback now, but he has won some games in this league. Uh, mm-hmm. And if So, to me, with Anthony Richardson, you say, you know what? If you can outperform him in training camp, you'll start week one. If you can't, right. then you can sit and learn for a little bit. Right. I, and honestly, I think you give Minshew six games. You see where Richardson is. You see where the team is. Um, if the team is winning, you stick with Minshew. If, say, you're three and three, you go to Richardson. Because at that point, what do you got to lose? You understand what I'm saying? You're three and three, you're 500. Okay. Um, you know, you tread water in a terrible division. Because <laughs> that division ain't great. And, and you see what happens. But the other two, yeah, I think they're day one starters. Um. Do we want to talk about John Zion tonight? Sorry about that. I got I got a I got a house full of kids. Can you repeat the last thing you just said? That's okay. That's okay. I, honestly, I, I'd rather not. I, I, I'm tired of talking about you know back shots and gunshots. <laughs> <laughs> Then we will just move on. How about Bradley Bill? Do you want to talk about how Bradley Bill is considered some great trade when the Wizards haven't won, haven't made the playoffs since John Wall left, or do we want to not? He made the playoffs one year with Russell Westbrook, but what I will say is Bradley Bill, though he's got some basketball skills, when you look at how much he gets talked about as far as destinations and whatever else, they talk about this guy like he's the second coming of Jesus. Going to a different roster, I'm saying. Like he's going to save. A, he's going to save a franchise. Bradley Bill made the playoffs <laughs> with John Wall. He made the playoffs once with Russell Westbrook, uh, but he also has missed a ton of games over the course of his career as well. And we talked about earlier. You look at that contract that Bradley Bill signed. 
he signed a $250 million contract. If you take him with on full, with the kind of money you're taking him with, on, that you would take him on, that's like taking on uh, the Anthony Davis contract. That's like, I, wait, like, wait, listen. wait. With a full no trade clause. <laughs> I, man, listen. If any general manager gives up what Washington <laughs> would want to get Bradley Beal, uh, first of all, the owner should veto it and fire him right, right then and there. Bruh, I would you you'd be better off trading for Chris Porzingis than you would Bradley Beal at this point. I'm sorry, okay. <laughs> and you know Chris Dapp's gonna miss like 40 games because his knee gonna hurt. All right, <laughs> it's, it's, dude. Miss me with the Bradley Beal. Oh, he'd be a great. No, he wouldn't. Bradley Beal is not a winning player. And I have said this for years. Bradley Beal is not a winning player. And all you have to do is look at the time that the Wizards have had just him as their lead star. How many times they made the playoffs? And then look at the talent on the roster. He's had more than enough talent to be an AC. And they never are. You can never help the club from inside the club. And as somebody who lives out here in the metro D.C. area, the way that they talk up Bradley Bill as if he's on some type of Hall of Fame, all-star, you know, pedestal, is quite disturbing. You know what I'm saying? The man, he, 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 can, shoot a, he, he can shoot a little bit. But he's not going to create his own shot. He's not going to sit there and do stuff in the clutch. And, again, as Chandler alluded to, the only time he did anything of any type of significance is when he had John Wall, healthy John Wall, with him and Russell Westbrook with him. He wants to go to Miami. He's been linked to Boston. He's been linked to this at the third. But the fact of the matter is this, this four-no-trace clause that, he, that, that he's under, he can decide where he goes and the compensation that the Wizards get in return for him. So if he didn't like the fact that the Wizards are getting two picks, you know, he can say, no, nah, I don't want that. They get, get three. And he, he had that type of power <laughs> with this full no trade clause. So at the end, like, I, I don't understand. Like, this guy has so much pull, but uh, he, he, he he's not him. He's not him. Nope. Nope. No. He's, he's C.J. McCollum who plays less games. That's very well said. That that, that that the the cop is spot on, sir. The cop is spot on. <laughs> Bruh, I you know what, man, dude. I wish I had kept playing basketball. I really do. <laughs> it's it's ridiculous at this point. And the Bills are overrating these Nathan's hot dogs. And I, I'm just saying. Uh, now nah, listen. Uh, I'm just I'm just not. Uh, once again, nice skills, but when you look at the contract and the no trade and everything else and what it would cost to get him, uh, listen, if I'm an owner of a franchise, go ahead and try to pull a deal for Bradley Beal because as soon as you put it on my desk, I'm going to take a look at it and I'm handing you a pink slip and I'm not, I'm not completing the deal. That, that, that's, all I, that's all I can say about Bradley Beal. Any more, you guys, before I got to go watch out for all these kids in my house before they tear things down? Nah, nah, I think I think we need to let you go ahead and, and wrangle them children, <laughs> man. <laughs> <laughs> all 
Hey, man, they had a good time at the amusement park today. They're running around. They just went out to play soccer a little bit, so I'm going to go keep, a, keep an eye on them and let them stay up crazy late. But, hey, man, summertime, as a kid, you got to let them have a little fun sometimes, right? Uh, but at the, That's uh, it. At the end of the day, uh, serious man, uh, for a second straight week, you caught in. And, um, and, 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 you know, we talk about a plate on the other topics, but, you know, gumbo, man, you got to serve that in a bowl. So we appreciate you pulling up and grabbing a bowl and uh, partaking in the spice with us this evening. I'm going to ask you to uh, to start us off, give us a plug, close out anything you want to promote as we get ready to shut the doors. Yeah, here. yeah. Man, thanks for letting me come in and kick it with you guys, man. It's your boy Sears up in that four one two and the seven oh three man. Definitely join join us on all social media platforms and we're doing big things. We got some stuff in the works. Uh very, you know, shout out to the villains that's pinned another blog. So definitely check out the blog, interviews, finger food, stuff that's coming back. We are also on all social media platforms. That includes TikTok, man. We 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 got some stuff we're doing on on TikTok trying to you know, reach a whole bigger audience, man. So we're doing some big things, man. Uh, with that being said, um, as, again, it's a pleasure, Chandler. Good to hear from you, man. Glad to see your health is, you know, making a turn uh, to the positive, you know. And uh, shout out to the homie Mike Harvey, man. It's a pleasure, man. Go take care of them kids, man. I'll catch you guys on the next one. Serious, always a pleasure to have you. Serious, been, uh, been getting over a little bit about these finger foods. I'm going to have some stuff out for you. Uh, some spice out for you on this side. Uh, some Cajun finger foods coming up real soon. So uh, be on the lookout for that. Chandler, anything you want to plug, promote, uh, hit before we get ready to shut the doors here? Yeah. Um, if you are a veteran, um, it sucks some days. And you go through this period of everything is terrible. I spent a lot of years there. If you get an opportunity to do a VA-sponsored trip or just doing these, somebody says, hey, man, want to walk with me to the store, even if you don't want to, say yes. The more you say yes, the easier it becomes to say yes. I'm going on a fishing trip tomorrow. I don't want to go. I don't like being around strange people. I don't like not sleeping in my own bed. It's scary to do something I've never done before. Terrifying, actually. I'm still going to say yes because I'm tired of being miserable. Just say yes. And the other thing I want to say to the entire uh, Commonwealth state or whatever hell Connecticut is, Will Levis is ass. (laughs) That that, that was a lot of fun last week, uh, chopping up on that. Chandler, enjoy your trip this weekend, man, uh, and, and thanks for all the message, man. Always appreciate your service, man, everything you did, and appreciate you always uh, making a point to uh, point things out. You never know uh, when when that message hits ears that need to hear it. So, uh, uh, you know, thank you for, for sharing that. It's always a pleasure and a privilege to have you as my co-host, man, here on the Roundtable Gumbo. Hopefully we'll be back uh, next Thursday. Uh, serve it up again. We'll get into a little bit more baseball talk. I'm sure uh, many camps wrapping up this week. There'll be different stories that come out on those as well. I'm going to listen. Oh, wow. So, Lewis the third ESPN notification, Ray Lewis the third. I don't know the reasons behind it or anything, uh, dies at 28 years old. So, uh, prayers out to Ray Lewis and his family. Uh, rest in power, Ray Lewis the third. 
I'm sad to hear that. Uh, and I don't want to close on that note, but I just saw that notification and wanted to share. Uh, for ES, per ESPN. Um, but, yeah, I'm sure we'll have uh, plenty of news. We'll start hearing uh, rumblings on uh, things that might happen in the NBA as well. Uh, we, we'll chop it up and talk a little bit more baseball again next week also. So uh, come back to us next week. Uh, this Sunday we are not going to have the Sunday morning brunch because TP informed us that he is in a wedding uh, this weekend upstate. So uh, we will be back the following Sunday. So check out our signature shows, man, the time of Sunday morning brunch, 11 a.m. Eastern time on Sundays, uh, Wednesday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern time. we got the Callers Cookout. Have a front office show on some Tuesdays, and you guys already know on Thursdays we get down with Roundtable Gumbo. We're going to be talking about getting a Saturday morning uh, college uh, tailgate uh, show back uh, come football season. And then also uh, sportscitychefs.com. Check out the website. we got some blogs, some more finger foods, different things coming up on that. So like and subscribe to our uh, shows. That way you'll get notified anytime we have anything new come out. So like and subscribe to that. Uh, like and like any of our other stuff that you that resonates with you, help us spread the word, man. As TP always says. Uh, but until next time, man, it's been a pleasure and a privilege. I'm gonna go ahead and tell you, uh, as I sign off on every show, I'll do this one first, man. Laissez les bon temps rouler, and then as time as always says, I'll go ahead and close it out that way. Tell a friend to tell a friend that it's the chefs again, and if they don't know, now they know. Peace. We out of here.